I'm Lori, and I'm one of the pastors here, and um, why don't we open up in a word of prayer. Gracious God, we just thank you so much for, um, for your love and your grace, that you are um, our everything. And I pray, Lord, that you would just be here and meet us where we're at, that you would open up our hearts and our minds and our ears and our eyes to see you. Because you are everything. In your sins name we pray, amen. All right, so we are in the middle of our real relationship series. Um, you know, relationships are so important to Westlife. Like everything um, that we do centers around relationships. And when we can live out our faith with one another the way that God created us to be, then we're living out our vision. That's what we call experiencing heaven together. And we've been talking about how the triune God, the God the Father, the Spirit, and the Son, they model for us what real relationships look like. And today we're talking about marriage. And for you single people, go ahead, show the slide. You guys are like showing off and you're like, you know what? Stress is now gone, life's easier. Uh, you might agree, you know, after the sermon, you'll be like, yes, yeah, stress is gone, life's easier. But, you know, stay with me just because you're single. Don't tune me out because the process that we're talking about, the principles that we're talking about, they really apply to all relationships. We're just talking about marriage today. And I have to tell you that as a pastor, the church, along with the movies that we watch and the books that we read and the songs that we listen to, that we all contribute to this fairy tale logic, right? That we all like buy into this misconception of an effortless marriage. You know, what I mean? effortless, yeah, effortless marriage, the effortless happily ever after. It's all Disney. We just ride off into the sunset and everything's great, right? And especially as Christians, right? We cannot have merit, marital problems. We cannot. Um, be bitter or angry or sad because we have Jesus, right? I mean, we can't show that. And we just buy into that and we, we, like, we perpetuate that, that desire to hide who we really are and not be who we really are. And so I think that Charles Dickens said it the best. He said it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief, and it was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light, and it was the season of darkness. It was the season of hope, and it was the winter of despair. Right? Charles Dickens was talking about the French Revolution, but this, to me, describes marriage, okay? But all marriage, we all go through rough times because this is life, right? We all go through rough times. That's normal. But what we need to understand, when, you know, couples are like, man, how did we get here? What happened? What, you know, how did we get to this place? It's because the reality is, is when we go through these rough patches, these rough patches that we go through, you know, through life, they can change the way that spouses communicate with one another. And without even realizing it, couples can develop bad habits and create destructive patterns when things are not going well. 
And so again, these rough patches, they can change the way we communicate with each other. They can change the way, they can create patterns and bad habits that we don't even realize are happening. And so the, 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 the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they model for us, how do we connect with one another? How do we communicate with one another when we're going through difficult times? And so we're going to look at Mark 1, 9 through 13, and, and how Jesus was tested in the wilderness. So let's read. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart, and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. And he was out among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. You know, Jesus' baptism was the inauguration of God's new kingdom, where, you know, God's will was going to be done here on earth as in heaven. And Jesus was about 30 years old, and his life and his ministry was about to get real. John baptized Jesus, and as soon as he came up, he saw the Spirit coming down. You know, the Spirit came down, and, and he came upon Jesus. And, and so Jesus didn't have to go through this life and ministry alone. Like, the Holy Spirit's like, I am with you. I'm here. I'm going to be present with you. The words of God came, and he heard it. And I love the way the message puts it. It says, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love. You are my pride. You are the pride of my life. You are the pride of my life. God is like encouraging Jesus. He's affirming who he is. He is like cheering him on. The Father and the Spirit are with Jesus, and they are for Jesus. And then the Spirit takes Jesus into the wilderness. And we talked about this when we studied Luke. And that's why I use the Mark passage. And, and Mark just keeps things really short. I kind of like that. But we know in the Luke passage that, that Jesus is tempted by the enemy, tempted to, you know, have more power, tempted to feel more important, tempted to look after number one. And in his conversation with the enemy, right, he, he fasted for 40 days. He's, he's tired. He's exhausted, and he has this conversation with the enemy, and he does not give in to his temptation. The Apostle Paul puts it really well in Philippians 2, 6 through 7. He's talking about Jesus, and he said, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. That made himself nothing is a word in Greek called kenosis, and it's about self-emptying. It's about letting go. And ironically, this is crazy, because the triune God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present is more about letting go. I mean, you'd think if you had that much power and knowledge and everything that you would want more, 
that you would just, you know, you wouldn't want to lose it. You'd want to hold on and you want to protect it. But the triune God is about letting go. And so Jesus lets go of his desire for power, lets go of his temptation to look out for number one. In this passage, we see the, the triune God mutually um, emptying themselves out. We see it in the way Jesus came down. We see it in the way, you know, God affirms his son. We see it in the way the spirit comes down. And we see them, like, receiving, totally just taking it all in, all the love and affirmation and encouragement. And they just take it all in. And that is the way that God designed us. That is the way that he created us to live, to connect with one another. And, and as, you know, Jesus passes the test, God sends his angels to come and care for him. And in my mind, that would include a big, juicy burger. <laughs> because after 40 days, I'm more hungry. But the angels care for him, and they affirm him, and they're like, you know, Jesus, God was watching over you. God was with you. He was cheering you on. The Holy Spirit was with you. He was filling you. And it is the words of God, and it's the Spirit's presence that got Jesus through this rough patch. It's like this process of letting go. It looks so weak, but it's so powerful, and it transforms marriages. It looks weak but it transforms marriages. And when we connect the way that God designed us to connect, this process is powerful and it's amazing. You know, Paul and I, we experienced a little bit of this transformation. I don't know how I got picked to speak on this. But, you know, let's just be real. <laughs> but just to give you a little context, when Paul and I started dating, I just loved that Paul was responsible that he was consistent, and that, you know, he had those good Midwestern values. You know, he had integrity, and I just loved that. I was drawn to that. And Paul, he loved that I was spontaneous, I was flexible, that, you know, I can just change my, you know, I can just do whatever at that, uh, you know, at, the, at any moment. I had the ability to have fun, and he was, like, attracted to that. He was drawn to that. Well, cut to a few years later. <laughs> Paul's predictability is a little bit irritating, <laughs> right? And my ability to, like, at the last second change plans, a little bit irritating for him. Okay, so... Here we are, you know, our kids are older. We don't have to take care of them. We're empty nesters. We don't have the distraction. We don't have the buffer. And we look at each other and we're like, I don't even know who you are anymore. And so we thought, let's instill, like, let's institute this date night. We're going to have Friday date night where we create this space, safe space where we can, you know, just really work on our marriage, where we can just get to know one another again. And, and this is so important. And so um, we're like, yeah, we're going to date night. And, you know, sometimes it's not always every Friday. If, you know, it's, it's not rigid. You know, so if you want to take us out or if you want to go out Friday, we can do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we, we try to make, you know, every Friday a date night. 
okay? And, and so we're doing this, and I'm like, I'm so excited. This is fun. We get to spend time together. And, and, and towards the beginning, we would, you know, not all the time, but we would kind of go to our favorite restaurant, you know? Friday, oh, where do you want to go? Let's go to Don Chewy's. Like, yeah, yeah. Next week, where do you want to go? Oh, let's go to Don Chewy's. Like, okay. And then, you know, week after week, like, we're going to Don Chewy's. And, you know, everyone's like, hey, nice to see you this week. And so I'm like, okay, so there was one, you know, this doesn't happen a lot, but once in a while, you know, we'll, we'll be getting ready. And, and I'll just kind of get this idea because I'm spontaneous. I, I come up with these great ideas. And, and we're getting out, ready to go out the door. And I'm like, hey, what if we don't go to Don Chewy's today? Like, what if we go somewhere else? And then Paul, you know, Mr. Predictability, likes things scheduled. You know, he's like a little irritated. <laughs> And he's like, you know, okay, well, sure, you know, we can go wherever you want to go. Why are you bringing this up now? I mean, we're leaving. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> he's a little irritated. And so I get a little irritated. And so I'm like, no, it's all right, we'll just go Don Chase. And then he's like really irritated that I'm irritated. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, he's like, no, where, where do you want to go? Where, where do you want to go? And I'm like, no, we're going to Don Chewy's. Right? And so can you see the bad habits? Can you see the destructive patterns? Right? That's just, it, it's, not, it's not healthy. And so you might think the self-emptying Christian answer is, you know, well, Lori, you can, it's, I don't, I'm going to lay my life down and my desires, and, you know, we'll go where you want to go. And I'll be like, no, 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 I'm going to be more like Jesus. And I'm going to be, where do you want to go? Let's go where you want to go, right? And we think that's the self-emptying Jesus answer. But the relationship Jesus answer, the letting go of our pride, of our competition, of our wanting to win, and our, you know, is more like Paul letting go of his um, temptation to look not mad, to look good, like, I'm happy, I'm good, but inside he's not. And to share what's really going on inside, who he really is and how he really feels. And so for Paul, it would be like, he would say, Lori, you know, when we go to new places, like, I love going to new places. Once I get there, I'm fine. But when we think about going to a new place and we have to go there, I get anxious about what streets do I take I get anxious about where are we supposed to park. I don't, I'm a little, like, concerned about, like, what if I don't like the food? And if I, you know, when I go to Don Chewy's, I know how to get there. I know where we're going to park. I know what I like on the menu. And when we go to Don Chewy's, I feel free. I feel peace. And I feel calm. And I think, oh, and then, so for me, my self-emptying, my letting go is, you know, my uh, letting go of wanting to f- look more mature than I am. Mine is letting go of the fear that I have that, you know, because I'm a pleaser and I, I, I want them to be happy. So my letting go would look like, you know, um, when we go to our favorite restaurant week after week, I feel disappointed. Because to me, going to the same restaurant week after week is boring. And I feel like um, when we do that, that um, 
you're just not, you know, we're not putting any effort into our relationship. And that's what it really looks like. I am, you know, we're letting go of our pride. We're letting go of our temptation to be better than we are. And we're just saying the things that, you know, we're just being who we are. And I think that it's, you know, I don't want you to think that this is what we do at night. We sit here and we say, this is what I think and I feel. No, it gets messy. <laughs> it takes practice. Like this, what I'm telling you is a conversation that we had, one out of like so many that just went bad. Like when you read the books about, you know, textbooks, this is what you should and should not say. This is how you should and should not share your feelings. We do all the should nots, right? Like we make every mistake in the book. But just like anything else, it takes practice right? It doesn't come easy. We can't create this safe place of love and grace in like one week, right? It's taking years. It's been really, it takes, it's hard and it's uncomfortable and we get tense and we get fearful and it's hard. (laughs) Did I say it's hard? I mean, it's really hard and we get tired and we have to persevere. And to tell you the truth, Wednesday we went out, I don't know, you know, we went out and we tried, I tried, I don't know why, spontaneous. I wasn't thinking how we worked all all day and we were tired, but I tried to connect. Oh my gosh. And it was hard and we just could not connect. We could not get on the same page. And so Friday, guess what we did on Friday? Date night. We saw a movie because it's air conditioned. We could sit next to each other. We could be together, but we don't have to talk because I don't want to have another hard conversation two days a week. It's too hard. It's too much. It's hard. <laughs> but when we can let go and be who we really are and, and experience God's grace and his love, that it looks weak. But I'm telling you, those, it's so powerful. It's so transforming. Our marriages will be transformed. And I would, you know, I want to commit that I'm going to, we are going to make a safe space, whether it kills us or not. No, we are going to work hard to create this safe space because it's so worth it. You know, part of moving, you know, moving forward. um, Well, let's go back. Sorry. (laughs) When, when we have these conversations, what we need to do, of what we've learned to do, and what we learned from the Holy, you know, the, the God, the Father, and God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, is to just be who we are, which looks weak because we want to look good, we want to look self-sufficient. But when we get those feelings maybe, or those thoughts that come surface when things happen, that we need to just kind of acknowledge that they come, that they're there, and not judge them. And we need to just, like, not say that, that was wrong, or I shouldn't feel this way because I'm a Christian, I should trust in Jesus. We should just, you know, like, let all that go and just acknowledge it and just sit with it. Because our thoughts are our thoughts, and we can't help that. And sometimes, you know, if, like, I'm not that in touch with my feelings, and sometimes, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get feelings, or sometimes I'll get words, and whatever. If you get a thought that comes to your mind about your spouse or your marriage, or if you get a feeling that comes to mind about your marriage or your spouse, just kind of acknowledge it and sit with it. 
and it takes time and it's hard because we're so busy. But when I think about, like, I shared with you how when we go to Don Chewy's week after week, how I get disappointed. And I, I had to, you know, as an example, I had to, like, okay, I get disappointed. Well, that's, I'm a jerk, right? Like, why would I get disappointed? I'm spending time with my husband. But I had to, like, okay, no, no, don't judge it. This is just how I feel. And, and so, you know, as these things come up, you know, ask yourself or ask the Spirit to show you, like, what is this feeling or what is this word telling me? And so I remember, like, trying to think about, like, okay, what is this telling me? What is this telling me? What is my disappointment telling me? And it kind of came to me, and, and I, I, I asked Paul, <laughs> you know, hey, this Friday when we go to date night, can I share with you some things that I've been thinking? And he's like, yeah, sure, of course. And so we go to the restaurant. I take a nap. No. We go to the restaurant, and I sit across from him, and I'm doing chit-chat, how's your day, blah, blah, blah. And then Paul's like, you know, what did, do you want to talk about what you want to talk about? And I said, okay. And I said, you know, when I, there are times when I feel disappointed. And when we go to the restaurant week after week, it feels like, you know, we're not trying. We're just, it's routine. We don't even have to think. And I get disappointed. And I think my disappointment comes from me feeling like you don't care about our marriage. And if I really was honest with myself, I feel like you don't care about me. And I started to tear. And I'm like, oh, no, this is going to make it really awkward and uncomfortable and really hard. But I'm like, no, just be me. I cry a lot. And Paul, in his grace and in his love, and he looked at me across the table, and he says, Lori, our marriage is so important to me. It's very, very important to me. And you are important to me. And just to be able, and I just tried to take it in. Like, not, yeah, yeah, you're just saying that to, you know, because you're trying to make me feel better. No, I just tried to take it in and receive it. And it was so powerful. And it was it truly that moment really helped to transform and is helping to keep transforming our marriage into something better, into the closer connection. And so we can say, you know, well, um, if we go to the old way, if we just said, you know what, if, if we hang on to our power and we're trying to decide where to go, Let's just do it this way. If we didn't get real, let's just do it this way. Let's just say on the first and third Friday, we're going to go where you want to go. And the second and fourth Friday, um, you know, we'll, we'll go where you want to go. Like that might work, but we're still hanging on to our power. It's still a competition. I still want my thing. But if we can let go and be who we are, really are and experience that love and grace then we can talk about where we want to go, right? We can be there on Friday and be like, man, how do you feel? Like, how are you feeling? You know, do you feel like up to going out to a new place? And, and Paul has the freedom to say, no, I, I don't. I'm kind of tired. That'd be overwhelming. Or you'd be like, yeah, let's do it. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I know how to get there so I can drive and I could, you know, park and I know I, I'll lead the way. And he'll be like, okay, you know, and, and we could work it out and collaborate and work together. And we could empathize with one another. We could understand one another. We can know one another. And that is so much more important to the process than where we're going to eat for dinner, right? Where we're going to eat for dinner is like 
that doesn't even matter. It's this process of connecting with one another and knowing and empathizing. That's how God created us to interact with one another. That's how he created us to connect with one another. That's the power, the healing power of transforming marriages and how Jesus does it. And it's not just for marriages. It could be with, you, with all of the relationships that we have. But that's how he designed us to be. And it's not easy. It's so hard. It's tiring. But it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And so moving forward, you know, I want to encourage us to, that when, you're feel, when you have a feeling or a thought about your marriage and, and about, or about your spouse, and when it comes up, to acknowledge it. Don't judge it. Don't say we shouldn't feel this way. But just acknowledge it. And then ask yourself, what is this feeling telling me? I want to, you know, we're so busy, and I wanted to give us time to practice this. And so I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, and, and we're just going to sing, come to the altar. And just, you know, just as Jesus, you know, was, like, taking on his mission and getting ready, inaugurating God's new creation, you know, God just affirmed him, and then the Spirit was there. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping is going to happen in this next song, that we could just receive that and be in the presence of Jesus and, and, and fall into his arms and, and just create this space where he, where the Spirit can speak to us and, and, and that if, you know, any feelings or thoughts that, are, that we're struggling with, that he could bring that to the surface and, and that we could just acknowledge that. And so we're just going to spend a few minutes doing that um, as we sing, um, Oh, Come to the Altar.
that um, we could just pray for um, the people who are married. And so if you're married, um, why don't you just go ahead and stand? We want to pray a blessing on you, over you. And if you're um, single, um, maybe you could stand up and just kind of go around. Maybe some of you can come over here and lay hands on, you know, if it's just okay with the people. But, you know, come over and just lay hands on the people who are married because we need you. We need your support. We need to know that we are a community together, that we're not alone. And um, so, yeah, why don't you stand up? <laughs> and if there's a married person around you, put your hand on them. Come forward. <laughs> See with all the, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> 